For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Shayna Rubin, who covers the Oakland A's for the Bay Area News Group and San Jose Mercury News. The A's off to a historically bad start. However, a couple of back-to-back series wins, one against Houston, one in Arizona, and they've come back home for a four-game set that started last night against the Detroit Tigers. All things we can talk about, as well as some injury concerns with the A's with Shayna Rubin, who joins me next. It's Friday, April 16th. It is my pleasure to welcome Shayna Rubin to the Update Podcast. She, of course, covers the A's for the San Jose Mercury News, Bay Area News Group. Shayna, first time having you on. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Probably for you, the A's are are doing better than, than the last time I spoke to you. I think I talked to you a couple of weeks ago, and they were right in the middle of their historically bad start, and now they've got a couple of series wins under their belt as they're coming home for a four-game set against the Tigers. What's your your sort of general take on the A's right now? What's their calling card? What are they doing well? What have they fixed since that really bad start a couple of weeks back? I think they started to fulfill their promises. I mean, when we were talking to them throughout the entire uh, losing streak, they're like, you know, we're, we're not bothered. We're not freaking out. We're not panicking. We know who we are. We know that we have a ton of good hitters here. We're just sort of getting used to each other. And it's sort of like, all right, well, we'll believe it when we see it. And now we're starting to see a couple of bats come alive. And, and there's been a couple key turnarounds. Obviously, Jed Lowry, he's been, he's been hitting throughout the entire season, but he's been a central part of their production at the plate. But there's been some key turnarounds, especially offensively, and a little bit in the bullpen, too, that's helped them chug along. I want to get to the bullpen in just a minute because I know that was a sort of a, a huge question mark coming into this year with some new faces coming in and obviously Liam Hendricks moving on to Chicago. But you mentioned the lineup and the guys coming around. I don't think anybody anticipated Jed Lowry was going to make the instant impact that he has made, right? I mean, he leaves the A's. It's like he puts on the A's uniform and he's a totally different guy. He should have never left, should have never tried to play anywhere else. I know we got the big contract going out to New York. But it's funny, I saw a, a note from a, I think it was a, a Mets beat writer saying that, um, you know, Jed Lowry played, I think, a, like a total of 11 games over two seasons or something for the Mets in the two years that he was there. He's already in 2021 now matched that total, played 11 games this year, and I think he's played more games himself than the entire Mets team has played this season due to a couple of rainouts and some COVID issues. But talk to me about Jed Lowry. What's going on with him? And he's a guy who's sort of forgotten about, I think, and clearly he's still got some, uh, some magic left in his bat. Yeah, I think that his approach has really shown from the start. I mean, he has a good approach from both sides. And I, I think that's something that the A's really value about him. And, and he was just steady Eddie from the beginning. I think what is most surprising about the fact that he came out hot is that he hadn't really had many at bats in two years. And we keep asking Bob and him a little bit, where's this coming from? It's just, it's hard to explain how you can be sitting out and, and injured for so long and just come back to Oakland. Like he never left Oakland. It's a pleasant surprise to see him just go straight into midseason form at the plate. He's very consistent. He's hitting doubles. He's hitting for power. He's made some some strong contact. I don't know what I was expecting contact-wise in terms of hard hit rate and, and all that, but he's hitting the ball hard, and I think that it's a pleasant surprise. Yeah, he's looked really, really good. Big three-run home run against Arizona as they sweep that two-game series. Just sort of a, a quick thought on the Diamondbacks. We do some Giants talk on the podcast as well, and you know, Giants fans are, are always keeping an eye on Madison Bumgarner. Boy, this guy is just not the same guy, huh? He was out there pumping like 88. He was getting roughed up. He's, he's. I know last year it seemed like maybe he was banged up. He went on the IL or the DL for a little while and came back, but what did you see from him? Just sort of a quick thought on Bumgarner when the A's kind of mashed him last week. He doesn't look like he did, and I, I covered the Giants a little bit back when, during his prime. He obviously doesn't look anything like he did then. It's sad to see because 
a competitive Bumgarner is very fun to watch. And obviously his competitive juices are always flowing. So when the pitches don't match his competitive level, it's just, it was a little hard to watch. And, you know, it's, it's easy to sit on a few pitches with him and, and wait for something in the A's hitter's wheelhouse. Uh, Matt Chapman, I believe, hit a home run off him. He was just offering up some, some juicy pitches. <laughs> and that's uh, it's good for the A's because it, was, it provided them sort of a platform to, you know, get their confidence back. But it was, it was disappointing to see for, for Bumgarner in terms of, you know, he hasn't had the turnaround that maybe some people expected after a couple injuries set him back. Yeah, I'm with you. It's it's sad to see. You're right. It's the it's the competitive fire that he clearly always still has on the mound. He's barking at umpires, but it's a little tough when you're barking at umpires and other players, and then you're you're kind of throwing up some cheese, right? You're you're tossing up 88 mile an hour fastballs that are getting tattooed up there. That's for sure. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of cheese. Jesus Lazardo. He's a guy who we talked about uh, before the season a bunch, and you know people are really still excited about. People affectionately call him the Jesus Lizard. I've heard Eno Saris call him that. Jesus Lazardo. He got roughed up a little bit in Arizona. Six hits. Two and two-thirds innings pitch. Any concern about him? He, he didn't make it out of the third inning, and obviously they've got high hopes for this guy, but uh, your analysis of Jesus Lazardo to this point. It's hard to be concerned about him when you put his entire career into perspective. He hasn't pitched that much generally as a professional baseball player. <laughs> He's learning right now as we're watching him pitch against some of the game's best hitters. So it's a little bit of perception that gets lost in reality because the perception is that he's been around for so long. It just feels like he's been on with the team forever, but it's really, he only debuted in 2019. He's coming out of the bullpen. His rookie year was short. And now he's, he's still sort of trying to get his feet going and, and get running and sprinting. And I think what we're seeing is the growing pains. I think what we're seeing is him trying to teach himself and learn how to get through lineups a second time to learn how, how to not be, be predictable. I think that hitters are sitting on his two-strike changeup a little bit too much. I, I think they're sitting on his two-strike changeup, and that's been a difficulty for him when he's up in the count. I think that we're seeing him learn, but if you ask any of the coaches, there's zero concern. If, I think that Lazardo's confidence is what gets him far by far because they look at him, they look at his stuff, they look at how confident he is in his stuff, and they say he'll be fine. If he's going to be throwing this kind of curveball slider and when it's fastball on that kind of fastball, then we want to see him learn and we know it's going to be worth it to have him under our eye. There's going to be some growing pains and, and that's what we're seeing every once in a while in the starts. He's had a good start. He's had a couple rough starts. It's how it's going to go for him. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This happens to, to most every young pitcher who finds success first time through the league, right? Then guys make the adjustments, and we have more information now than we've ever had before about you know how to approach it at bat against a guy and staying in your tunnel and swinging at your pitch. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think the stuff is there. It's just a matter of him sort of readjusting to the league and making those adjustments. To the bullpen, Trevor Rosenthal gets brought in as a closer, and he's not closing because he's injured, right? He's going to be out for some time now after shoulder surgery. And so what's the situation with the back end of the bullpen? Is Lou Trevino now? entrenched as the guy because if it's the Lou Trevino we saw like three years ago this could be a phenomenal ninth inning guy for the A's and maybe even an eighth inning guy if they end up getting Rosenthal back or getting somebody else into that role later this season but is he now the guy is Bob Melvin named him the closer and is he who we can count on I'm asking of course for A's fans but I'm also asking for my own fantasy (laughs) personal uh baseball I I need my baseball team and I need some saves you know what I mean I need some help on my fantasy team Shana what can you tell me I can tell you that Bob Melvin said that they're looking to have Lou 
close more games. I think that for your fantasy purposes, and I know this is a big deal for fantasy owners because when I reported this, all the fantasy sites just went ballistic on on the report that Lou Trevino, I would bank on a good number of saves from him, especially if he's trending in the way that he's trending. And I don't want to say good timing, but I guess it is good. Like, you know, it's not great when your $11 million closer goes down for who knows how long, for four months at least. But it is good news for them that Lou Trevino is starting to look like his 2018 self, and he's incorporating more pitches than he did in 2018. He didn't really have to throw his off-speed stuff too much in 2018, but he's starting to do that now as a more mature Lou Trevino. And he seems like he's very much in back to his old self in terms of confidence, in terms of stuff. His cutter looks great. I think that timing-wise, they're very lucky that he's rising back up at the time when their closer investment has fallen on the I.L., so as I as I add Lou Trevino here to my uh, my roster while we're doing <laughs> yeah, this, I, I picked him up off waivers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> go ahead and plug him right in. Um, just sort of following up on what you were saying there, like you know, it's good timing that he's finally sort of bouncing back to form, uh, like he, he was a couple of years ago. Was it? I don't want to call him a head case. I don't think that's fair. But was confidence a big issue for him? Because it seemed like over the last couple of years, it was ever since that wild card game, really, when he was lights out in the middle innings after Liam Hendricks took the ball as a starter or the opener. Uh, it seemed like he was just not the same guy after that was confidence a major issue for him it's hard to attribute something mental to someone I think it's what it seemed like and he sort of alluded to it is that after he went through his injuries after he was going through some some struggles in in 2019 I think that he kind of spiraled a little bit into his head and I think Bob Melvin said as much too and I think that the, the 2020 being short didn't provide enough of an avenue for Trevino to bounce back. But I think that if it had been a normal season, he would have bounced back that season too, because he looked like he was coming back then. I think he kind of just fell to the bottom very briefly and then had to bounce back. And and now we're seeing him back up at his apex. I think that confidence, it comes with the territories. When you come in your, your first year and you're just lights out and then things start to not go as planned a little bit, then that can spiral quickly. So I think we were seeing a little bit of that and also a little bit of, you know, high expectations not met. Now we're seeing him get back to very much of his normal self, and he looks just as confident as he was at his best. Yeah, the back end of that bullpen was nasty in 2018. He and Blake Trinan were just two of the two of the toughest eighth and ninth inning guys going yeah, uh, in 2018. One more thought from you on the lineup here before we let you go. Matt Olson. I know they've been playing Seth Brown at some first base. Matt Olson was injured, I think, in that Diamondback series, right? What can you tell us about the injury and how long is he expected to be out? Because I think they, they need that big bat in the middle of this lineup. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll get an update on that. I don't know this, but my concern is it's going to be worse than they thought. He, I think that they said that his thumb was swelling up or that it, you want to be careful with with your thumb he's day-to-day now so we'll get an update soon and we'll see if he's going to be in the lineup at some point soon in the series but it's not broken which is good <laughs> there are no broken bones in it it's just uh you know we want to see him healthy in the lineup and they're playing it safe with this little injury he got in his thumb are we going to see more mitch moreland is that the plan you think we'll see him in first base he's also dealing with a hamstring issue but he pinch hit the other day so I think they're, they're just being overly cautious with him as well I think that having Seth Brown in there is so far has paid off he's hit a couple home runs he's sort of thriving under getting a little more playing time like he did back in 2019 I don't think that Olsen's injury is going to be prolonged that could change in an, an instance but it looks like right now he's not going to be out for long if he is out ever then Moreland has has shown that he's a pretty good first baseman 
he's obviously DH most of the time, but he's got some defensive agility out there. And Seth Brown is not a bad option either. So I think I think they're pretty good depth-wise in terms of first base. Yeah, I think Mitch Moreland is a, is a – I was surprised they signed him as a DH because I think he has a gold glove in the yeah, past. I think yeah. he's been a pretty good fielder in general uh, in recent years. So I thought that was sort of a funny DH signing. I was like, man, this guy can, can stick it at first base. Not bad to have a gold glover back up your gold glover. Yeah, hey, hey that's, you don't lose anything there. You still get the left-handed bat. It all works out. So exactly. uh, we'll hope they get healthy, and uh, I'm glad you'll you'll have a, a series in front of you live to watch this weekend at the Coliseum against the Tigers. Shane, a great avenue. We'll catch up with you down the road. Thanks so much for having me. All right, fantastic stuff from Shane. I like getting a little A's hit there. I think that's the first time we've had an opportunity to talk some A's baseball, and they weren't giving us a whole lot to talk about the first week of the season or so. But bouncing back, and as long as that lineup can stay healthy, we didn't even get a chance to hit on Ramon Laureano, who's leading Major League Baseball with, I think, nine steals, ten steals, something like that right now. He's been red hot in that two-hole for the A's. Thank you to Shayna. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is you're listening to us. It is almost NFL draft time, which means on Monday, we're going to talk to Matt Barrows, who covers the 49ers for The Athletic, about which guy the Niners are trending towards now. Of course, that means Trey Lance. Is it Mac Jones? Is it Justin Fields? Who knows? And uh, it may be different by the time we talk to Matt on Monday than it is right now. So everybody enjoy the weekend. Get ready for your 49er draft talk. It's coming up on Monday.